0: Oh,
1: And welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox.
0: And I'm Lori Socks.
1: And today we're joined by Eleanor Bagley from England, who is a mom and an author.
0: She's written many books, but the story that got our attention was Ava the Mermaid, which is a story about inclusion seen through the eyes of a mermaid. And this book is a great introduction to inclusion that can be shared with your entire family. And support an inclusive foundation for adults and children alike
1: so let's get on with the interview thank you so much for coming onto to the podcast
2: i uh, know it's a pleasure to be here
1: could you start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself
2: i'm a mom of three first and foremost i suppose i used to be a secondary school teacher teaching maths i left the classroom behind uh, in 2017 as I decided then, I wanted to kind of make more of a difference to more children. So I kind of pursued various different ventures, some of them kind of supporting math teachers and then starting to write the children's books and a few different other things as well.
1: What What is your relationship and, and history with Down syndrome?
2: My youngest daughter, Ava, was born in 2018. Um, and that was kind of our leap into the the world of Down syndrome, I suppose.
0: Did you know anything about Down syndrome before Ava was born?
2: Not really. I I remember when I was um, a little girl and I was at Brownies, there was another girl who uh, started Brownies with us. And I know she had Down syndrome. She wasn't there for very long. And it was kind of, it felt like it was kind of almost another lifetime away. So... No, in all honesty, I didn't really know much about it before kind of having Ava.
0: Can you remember what your experience in Brownies, can Can you think back and what was said about Down syndrome when she came and what your impression was?
2: I th- well, I think it was it, that it was an unknown. She was an unknown and obviously she didn't need to be, she was just another girl. One memory that stuck with me was I remember, so we we had kind of hoodies on and she was sitting behind me and she was pulling on the hoodie and it was strangling me. That was the one memory that had stuck with me. And it wasn't, it could have been any child that had done that, but I suppose that had been what kind of stayed with me about her in particular, is that I don't think she was there for very long with the brownies, but I I don't know whether that was, whether we didn't make her feel welcome or, or what that was, I don't know. But I think the main thing was probably that, there was an unknown element of this this person that was there.
0: Do you think that influenced your perception or how you felt about Down syndrome then going through your life?
2: I would have said no, because I don't think it although it's a memory that I still have now, I had never really thought about it until the day we got the confirmation of the diagnosis for Ava, if I'm honest with you. So I don't think it would have really impacted on how I thought of people with Down syndrome. I probably didn't think about Down syndrome in general very often, if I'm honest with you.
0: And how did it then, you said it it didn't really impact you until you got your diagnosis with Ava. How, at that point, did it impact how you felt about the diagnosis?
2: I think, so, so um, we had a postnatal diagnosis, so she was uh, probably a day or two old by the when we kind of got it confirmed. I suppose there are elements where we felt sad at first. I suppose my first thoughts were, what have I done wrong to for this to happen? Obviously, I don't feel like that anymore. I suppose there was a kind of, I don't want a child who's going to be rejected by a group of people, like at Brownies. I, I don't want a child who uh, is going to find it difficult to fit in, hence the kind of pulling on Hoodie jumpers and strangling people, so that I suppose there were kind of. Is she going to be like this other other girl? Is she not? I, to be honest with you, I quickly changed that. It was very much kind of probably within a couple of hours. It was very much a. This isn't going to define define her life. She is Ava, and she is going to be exactly who she wants to be. And Down syndrome is not going to define her in any way, shape, or form.
0: I appreciate your honesty. My questions are more geared towards in the past. I feel like there wasn't a lot of inclusion with people with Down syndrome or the what was included was a very limited perception, of course, with, you know, lack and fear really embedded in there. And I think that because of that lack of inclusion or because the pursuance of you know, embedding fear into new mothers or parents, expected parents. That's what happens to us immediately when we get a diagnosis. Um, I'm sure there are some people who have enough experience that they don't feel that at all. But I think even if it's just for a blip, in that one moment, we carry the load of everything that's been presented up until this point. And I think that's what we strive to change in society is so one day, hopefully sooner than later, someone's going to get a diagnosis and it's just going to be a diagnosis and it's not going to carry this weight, this unjustified weight, because I think across the board, when we go into our experience of our children, it quickly diminishes everything that we've been told.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. And I think, I mean, a lot, a lot of what I do now is to try and kind of help make a change i I work with kind of a a few different charities and things supporting them and part of that is that i don't want new mums well and dads i suppose but i don't want new parents to have those couple of hours of oh my god my world is ending and and obviously i mean we were lucky for us it was a couple of hours my husband possibly a little bit longer but there's some people that really struggle with it for a long time and actually that's the time they should be enjoying their children and yeah i think it's really important for parents not to not to instantly think that it's going to be something that's ruined their life it's the end of the world because it's really not
0: no you're absolutely right and you can look on any of the down syndrome support boards and i think one of the hardest things for us to read is you're always seeing the those parents that are still struggling and still um Still having those feelings or those thoughts. Uh, We see a lot of like grandparents or secondary relationships who they're just sad. And I think that that inhibits the celebration never happens. And then it just kind of gets passed on and passed on. So um, tell us a little bit about this work that you're doing.
2: So one of the charities that I help, uh, I just help with their social media is Positive About Down Syndrome. So they're a UK charity that and they're across kind of the whole of the the UK, they do various bits of work with changing kind of perceptions in schools, with medical staff, there's a number of current kind of parent support groups and things as well, and they were probably one of the first charities that I came across really after coming out of hospital well I probably started googling and searching all their Facebook before I even left hospital although the hospital wi-fi wasn't brilliant so most of my searching was done when I got home and they were one of the first charities I came across so I reached out to them and I was like look I really want to try and start making a difference I kind of I suppose started small I, I am only helping with the kind of social media there but I figured that even the messages that we can get out are of benefit and then in the northeast one of the things we started doing was looking at how we can get uh, welcome packs into hospitals another mum that's been on um, a couple of your podcasts i think rachel muse with her we started to kind of look together there was a group of us at how we can kind of get these welcome packs into hospitals again so parents can can celebrate their their children they they have a kind of a little present for them Um, And some information to help them so that they're not, as I was the first night on my own, in bed, Googling features of Down syndrome and all these things while we were trying to figure out whether she did have Down syndrome or not. But yes, to to try and kind of make a difference there as well.
1: So just before Ava came, you were teaching, but then you stopped teaching and you were mentioning books. When did that start happening? Were you uh, writing prior to uh, leaving school?
2: Yeah, so I wrote, um, so my books are all named after the children, Maya the Unicorn and Oscar the Dragon. I wrote, I think I wrote those while I was still teaching, but I didn't actually publish them. I didn't even know where to start or what to do about publishing a book. It was probably about 2017, to beginning of 2018, I think it was, that I self-published those. And obviously when Ava was born, I knew that I needed to have a book written about her as well. So took me a little bit of time to kind of think about what the theme of the book would be because what my book I, I write so that the books do promote positive mental well-being exploring emotions and I wanted something to be meaningful to Ava and that was why kind of her book I decided to write about inclusion and kindness um, as I felt it was kind of quite well it just summed up what I was wanting kind of for her.
0: Yeah, I read Ava, and it is a book about inclusion. And, um, you know, once the mayor people understand, they include her. What has your experience with inclusion and Ava been in the real world?
2: Being completely honest with you, we haven't had any barriers. And part of me did think, have I written this book? And actually, it's not an issue. But I know that's not always the case. And I, I, I do think that the message behind it is to kind of, is to reach as many people. And, and even if people, I think young children do include children, just as standard anyway, they're, they're not as judgmental as adults. And, and I think we've gone to a number of baby groups, toddler groups, she has always been welcomed by people who are running them, by other parents, by other children. I've not felt that we've walked into anywhere and felt on the outside. So whether we're fortunate or whether, Things are just improving. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, I'd like to think that you're very fortunate. And I'd also like to think that things are improving, maybe because you're so aware and such an advocate and, you know, working with Positive About Down Syndrome, you kind of create that as well. But I I definitely believe that your book is good for inclusion because it isn't yet the norm. I think as far as children, accepting other children, that has definitely been our experience uh, with Liam. It was more the parents and the adults that had a hard time including him, like, you know, especially when I'm talking about going to school, like in kindergarten, we had, you know, in a class of 24, uh, five requests really of wanting us to create a book to explain Down syndrome and want to know what to talk to their kids about. Uh, which we've never had parents ask us how to parent before. <laughs> so it was it was definitely felt like that wasn't the real question that they were asking. It was more, why is your child in my class? So I think it's a, a great book because maybe in the first grade, we started to see that kids start to become aware of differences. And if they can have those seeds of inclusion already in them, just like you have those seeds already when, in you, then when it could become a possibility, it's not. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, completely. And I think, um, well, I I certainly found with my other two books, I know that when parents have read them with their children, they've said that it's made them stop and think about the themes within those. And I I think that is kind of similar with this, that if we don't address it so yes children include others but actually if we don't address it as an issue and and start to think about it then actually that that, i think that's when it can kind of wane away as children get older and and become adults whereas if it's something that's addressed and we look at it and have a focus on it then it's something that i i suppose it's there's two prongs to this, isn't there? One is that we should be more aware of how we can include people, but then there's also the, well, actually, if we just treat everybody the same, then we don't actually have to think about inclusion. But I suppose an element of that is sometimes we do have to think about how to include them because we can't treat everybody the same in some respects. We may be, we have to think about how we can adapt and include others.
0: I think you're right. It's If you get those nubile minds that are fresh and you, and you present it, it has this way of then it maybe won't become a problem because you've already discussed, hey, we include everyone, right? So when it's not a problem, you discuss it. And then when it could become a challenge, it's not there because you've already addressed why we include everyone. If you really think about it across the board, we have diff- We adapt. We adapt in different relationships. We, we adapt to different personalities. And I think what's needed is the normalization that... You know, we adapt to everybody. When you go to school, you adapt to your teacher. You maybe talk to your principal differently than you talk to your teacher. You know, when you go to the grocery store and there's a stranger there, you adapt. So we're always adapting to everyone. And I I think my goal is, why make a big deal out of this adaptation? Why put so much pressure and negativity and try to make it any different than adapting to any other relationship that we have right
1: yeah and what a great way to also uh, reach the parents because the children's book that you're going to read together and so this is a way for the parents to maybe get a little insight on what inclusion is and and how they see their their children so accepting that maybe they can go back to how they were when they were kids and realize uh, some things that they might have forgotten
2: yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, the other thing with the book as well is that it has activities at the back of the story. And one of them is to highlight that actually we do all struggle with things and we do all need help. So kind of having that discussion time as well, of, of even kind of children seeing their parents, that actually, I struggle with something as well. And sometimes I need to get help from other people. Um, and I think those reminders that we're, we're not all perfect as well at the end of the day. And and we can help each other out and it doesn't matter who is helping who and with what, that actually we we can all work together and we can all include each other in our experiences to support each other.
1: What is the best way to actually purchase your book from the States. Is there a way to do that yet?
2: They're on Amazon now. <laughs>
1: they are on Amazon. Great.
2: Cause I also have just this week as well. Um, so I wrote another book in lockdown called Ava the mermaid goes to hospital. Someone had got in contact with me to see if I'd write this book to raise money for children's mental health. And it, so it went as part of a big collaborative ebook, but it's now available as its own book as well. Um, so that one's exploring, children's emotions if a loved one goes into hospital. So we wrote it from Ava's perspective when she went in with a heart surgery, but it was kind of with COVID in mind that obviously people have have got loved ones going into hospital and things with that and, and a lot of unknown. So that one has just gone out onto Amazon this last week as well.
1: Well, as a mom, as an author, what do you want people to know about Down syndrome?
2: I think kind of going back to what I said at the beginning really as well is that it isn't to be feared. I mean, Ava has brought us so much joy, even, I mean, she's two and a half years old now. Uh, We've had so much joy in these two and a half years. It's made us, I suppose, slow down. And I think expectations that we maybe had of the other two children, not that we've lowered our expectations of any of them, but it's just made us kind of look, take a step back and i think it it just helps you kind of look at the world with a different perspective in a positive way i think i think the main thing is that actually well as i say you don't it's nothing to be afraid it's nothing to be sorry about and it just helps you look at the world with a fresh pair of eyes
1: have you seen changes positive changes in the down syndrome community
2: i think in the well certainly within the last two and a half years what i've seen is that there's more more work kind of going into the school side of things to highlight children so the charity that I talked about earlier positive Bout Down syndrome they're actually using my Ava the Mermaid books as one of their tools and they're putting together a whole host of other resources as teaching tools within within schools within mainstream schools I think there's still a long way to go in terms of the support that's needed in, in certain areas but there has been a lot of kind of positive change happening in terms of helping people to understand Down syndrome better.
0: Uh, You you had begun to speak about the welcome packs. Is that something that you were successful in getting in hospitals?
2: That hasn't happened. They're not in the hospitals. Um, That is something that still needs to, to change in terms of hospitals, accepting them and wanting them so there has been a mixed response some have responded more positively than others so there is still work to do with that at the moment with hospitals being as as busy as they have been recently um that hasn't necessarily been a priority and that it's something that kind of i'm looking to pick up once things have calmed
0: down within the hospitals really can you tell me what you'd put in the in the welcome packs
2: Um, So in the packs, there there is a copy of Ava the Mermaid as well, a letter to parents just to explain about uh, our experiences of having our little ones, a little gift for mum, a little gift for baby and some literature from uh, some of the charities. So Positive Bad Down Syndrome, um, Wouldn't Change a Thing and a couple of the other uk charities and local charities so the support groups that that they can access because that that again that was another thing that when I, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a support group that we could go to to help with ava's development so i think it's really important that parents are aware of what support there is out there locally and nationally to be able to kind of help them and their little ones
0: i'm curious what kind of resistance did you get from hospitals in delivering these welcome packs to new moms
2: I, I, I'm not entirely sure it, but it was in terms of not sure whether they were the right thing to be giving out or I think some of, some of the queries were they didn't know whether they would have the storage space to keep them in order to give out to, to parents. Um, so it's, yes, it's kind of an unknown barrier to try and get through to some of them.
1: I guess having a national health care service, uh, I guess there could be some more red tape in there. Although if if we tried to do that on a national level in the United States, I think you'd have to go to each individual hospital and it would be individualized more. I know I think about when something becomes like a, a government issue, maybe they think of liability or they think of all the literature needs to be reviewed first and and talked about, I guess, I don't know. Well, there's no excuse. Yeah.
0: There's there's really no excuse because I think that there's never a question for the heavy-handed tests that they try to push and the the conversations that are completely unsolicited with the medical profession. So many just horror stories f- from moms who, whether, you know, we were very fortunate. We, we received our diagnosis afterwards, so we didn't get the pre-push really with with Liam we even even after the fact we did receive so much negativity and i think that you know if that's something that's readily available then someone to come in and say hey you know what here's a great letter here's some support groups here's a gift you might be you know needing a little pick me up because i think that un- until the whole conversation changes until the narrative changes then we will need that we it's only natural to have that like that fear that feeling whatever it is in your heart because it's all you've been told. So I think as the conversation changes, as we get these books out there about inclusion, about differences, about, you know, just kindness and until that becomes the new now, moms are going to feel that. Families are going to to feel that. You know, if we can minimize that as much as possible, then I think that changes Moving forward, every step, every step in a positive direction, every every kind word, every reassurance. I mean, the the impact is profound.
2: Yeah, I I, I think one of the issues is kind of the liability of if this information is going out who where where does that kind of stop? But yes, I agree with you as well. There is no excuse whatsoever. And the conversations do need to change. It does need to have a more positive spin. And there shouldn't, whether people, I mean, again, we were lucky uh, as well. At first I was thinking, I wish I'd known in pregnancy to have prepared myself, but actually hearing some of the horror stories from other mums, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I, I was going to say enjoyed my pregnancy as much as I could, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I think whether people say the words, I'm sorry, but, or whether they just have that sorry look on their face when they're delivering that news that needs to change. And the more positive or even the more normal it becomes to deliver the news of, oh, by the way, your child has Down syndrome. It's nothing to be worried about. Here's some information and this is this is the support that you can get, and I think, I think that kind of, the way that news is delivered and the way that people speak about it really does need to change.
0: Eleanor, I absolutely agree with you. I felt so fortunate to be able to enjoy my pregnancy, uh, because I I think that's that's what's being robbed of these families and. I'm constantly seeing stories and it's just, it's just fear and they're, it's so not grounded. And I, I wish I could reach each mom that's feeling that way because I, I would just want them to have comfort and to not worry any, any more than they would worry about any pregnancy or any child, you know, because, because that fear isn't, one, it's not going to change anything. It's just going to make things worse. It's going to create so much stress. And it's not real. You know, we do know that our children sometimes experience certain health risks. But every child has health risks. The truth is, is they come to you and they they present it in a way that this is all the problems. Well, you know, if we could just spin that and say, thank you, D- you didn't give me a list when my typical daughter was born. And so I worried about everything. If we as a community can start to change our mindset, and and the truth is that list that they give, no matter how they deliver it, even though they deliver it completely inappropriate with a heavy handed gauge on what route they want that to go, it can be looked at as a gift, just like knowing when you're pregnant, you can say, Oh, okay, since I know that these can be some of the challenges And having Down syndrome, you can reach out to the organizations and start to get support, start to get physical therapy in place, occupational therapy. You know you're going to need some speech, um, child development. Those are things we can use the negativity and we can turn it into a gift and use it to our benefit, you know, because with our daughter, Sophia, Stephen and I will talk and say, we, we weren't given a list with her. And then you're just you know you're a parent you know bumbling through every milestone without any idea of what's going on at least the first time that's what we did
2: I mean I I agree completely with the like I feel that we were fortunate knowing from when she was a couple of days old that she had Down syndrome we knew that we could actually start putting things in place to support her kind of developmentally physically and um, we found out that she had a hole in her heart at three days old as well so we we, we were prepared for all that and I think what's different with kind of typically developing children is that actually something could hit at any point that you are not prepared for. And I feel that actually with Ava, we are far more prepared for putting things in place and planning and helping her than if one of my other two children, if something happened there, it would be a complete shock. And it would, I mean, I think now kind of having been through experiences with Ava, we would be in a better place to cope with it. But had we not had Ava, and had we not kind of gone through various experiences that we had, if something were to happen to either of the other two, or if we had a late diagnosis of something or, or anything like that, I feel that it would have been harder to kind of get your head round and sort things out. So I do think it's actually a ma- massive advantage. Knowing knowing that a child has Down syndrome, you, you not that you know what to expect, there are still elements of unknowns, but we know that what we can prepare for and help for far more than any other surprise that might happen.
0: It's about this community taking its power back. And I think speaking to you this morning, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great as if in the moment where you got the diagnosis from the grimmest face of just tortured, like, I'm going to tell you the worst thing ever, if at that moment you could say, thank you. Now, can you find a better way to say that? But if we could at that moment say, now, can you find a better way to communicate what you want to communicate to me? Because if there's some nugget that you want to communicate that would be helpful, I'd like it. But can you find a way that's not like ripping the rug from underneath my feet? Like if we could if we could just do that because i do think that we can take what they're saying and use it to our advantage we can take the information that they have in their folders that i don't i would love to see it to be delivered in a in a way that they actually mean to benefit the parent but it's i've not yet heard a story where it was delivered in a way that's meant to benefit the parent but if we could get that information and then, and then use it as a gift, use it as something positive. I know what happened with us was that it was so negative that then whatever's in that folder, I didn't even look at, you know, so if it was something that would help me because you don't want to touch it because you already know, or you already have this opinion of what's in there is just meant to kind of destroy or it's just filled with negativity. But the truth is, is there, there may be positive things in there that we can use. So maybe we can take that conversation and ignore how it's being delivered, but, but take the gift of, of the knowledge so we can empower ourselves.
2: Yeah I mean one of the things I, I started googling because I wasn't going to have I didn't want the negative side so and my husband had said well she, she'll she probably never drive so I googled how many people with Down syndrome have driving licenses and there were there were quite a lot I was like see she might be able to drive I was like it to be honest the other two might not even be able to learn to drive and you don't know how bad they're going to be and examples of People with Down syndrome who've got married and things like that so I was looking I was actively looking for the the positive things that we I suppose expect in inverted commas our children to do as they grow up so I, it it was to kind of see the the positive side of well actually it doesn't matter it's irrelevant that she has Down syndrome for these things that that those kind of landmarks um, as our children grow into adults that that they can still happen and they are still possible
0: and they're possible if if we know they're possible and we tell our children they're possible. Because if we don't believe it's possible, we're not going to send any other message to our kids than this is impossible. And I think it's funny you mentioned driving because I, I always tell, I'm so excited for the Tesla and the automated, is it aut- autonomous driving? Because I'm like, now, one, I don't have to worry about Sophia, right? And then also, d- I challenge you to tell me Liam won't drive a car because these cars are going to be autonomous. So you know that's that takes an, another worry off of my plate for for both of them. Um, I think that we need to make lists of all of those things that people you know because we have we see these conversations all the time where my child will never get married and first of all, I don't know why that's a big deal, because I have a a lot of friends that aren't married. (laughs) You know, that's I don't, I don't know why the pressure is put on them that isn't necessarily a a pressure that, that your child also may just choose not to get married. Do you know? But maybe we need a list of all these, instead of it just being here and there, we just need to compile lists of all the great things. So every fear or question that a a new parent might have that they've been told they'll never do, just list at least five names of, yeah, you you can if you want. And it is a possibility. And so that parents can have that to see that, no, it is. It's not not like when people landed on the moon for the first time. It's actually something that is done. And it's really just shift your thinking into opening the possibilities for your children that you have for your same typical children.
2: Yes, absolutely. The fact that we don't know what, I always just think I don't know what any of my three children are going to do. It's entirely up to them how they live their lives and what happens. And I don't believe that things should be different for Ava than they are for the other two.
1: Our podcast is called If We Knew Then, and we often try to ask our guests an If We Knew Then question, if they had a statement that they would that they could share with us, something they, they wish they knew then.
2: It would be if I knew when Ava was born, how much love was going to come her way from all of my friends and family at the time, plus everybody that she would meet in her life. I would not have been anywhere near as worried as I was.
1: I agree with that statement. That's, that's, a, that's something I, I think about all the time. Yeah,
2: we were I, I, one of, I suppose, my worries when I was telling people um, about her diagnosis was kind of will they accept her, friends and family. And I was very cautious as to who I told to start off with, but I really needn't have like worried at all. It was just I think it's testament to the people I surround myself with, really, that I think I only had one person who said, I'm sorry. But everyone else was just so welcoming, and then everyone that Ava's met since just absolutely adore her.
0: I think that's what i I wish parents n- knew was out there. You know, I wish that was on the forefront, just like w- with any birth and 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 honestly, I also wish it was the truth for every parent because i do I do feel that parents are challenged by their circles around them, and you're very fortunate that. Ava was received and loved and supported. But I do see and I do believe that there are some parents that are out there and when they receive a diagnosis or when their child is born, that they're not as fortunate and they do receive, you know, those looks that we get you know, and I know that we received in the NICU and they do receive that from people that are meant to lift them and I think that hits them so hard and I think it makes the road so much more challenging and unnecessary because now we're apologizing for something we shouldn't have to apologize for and you know shame on the people who m- make them feel that way because you're they're they they lose that that joy that celebration and that definitely sets a foundation of challenge and then it, it propagates all of those stereotypes and those negative beliefs it's just not necessary and it's so not fair and I've seen a lot of it um, Eleanor recently on, on some of the groups that were a part of and I just, my heart goes out to them because if, if there's anybody that has experienced that, uh, that's listening, I just, I just want them to be free of whatever is being put on them from other people, because what, what's being put on them is based somewhere so long ago when our children were taken from us or put in institutions. And, and this is what the stereotype is. This is the perception that's out there, and we forget to reflect on the fact that if you pulled anyone out of society and you put up limits and boundaries, telling them all the things that they were incapable of doing, that if if that is all someone hears, eventually that's what they're going to believe. And I'm so glad that Ava has that love and she has such a strong, powerful advocate as a mom um, she's so she's so fortunate and i hope with all these things that you're doing out there that that is the the new normal that is the the new beginning for for these families for all the families you know
2: well yes i mean yes i i, I love kind of helping people in any way i can i think that's probably why i, I became a teacher in the first place and i i really would love I suppose my legacy to be that I have, I've helped, I've made a difference in, in people's lives in one way or another. And if I can kind of do that within the Down syndrome community, then I will die happy.
0: (laughs) As a teacher, as someone who, who taught, how does that impact uh, what your vision and plan is for Ava?
2: So I, I would love Ava to be able to go to a, a mainstream school and I don't think there's any reason why she shouldn't be able to. So we use Makaton at home as well with Ava to support her communication. Um, and one of the things that I have done is gone into my older children's primary school and I did some after school activities with them, teaching them how to use Makaton and well as introducing Ava to them, introducing them to Ava. They all knew that she had Down syndrome. We explained what Down syndrome was as well. And I think the more that we can make children aware as well, then the more successful integration into mainstream schooling can be as well. And I I don't want any barriers for Ava to be able to go through school if we find the right school for her, like if we found the right school for any of our children.
0: How do you introduce them to Ava? (laughs) which
2: <laughs> I was just thinking back to when I took her in or oh, they were just, I think they just they just saw a baby, to be honest. They knew that she was Myra and Oscar's younger sister. We just spoke, well, obviously I was kind of going through signing with them. So I just explained that the reasons why we signed and that, that she had Down syndrome and that it, it would mean that she would possibly find it a little bit harder or be slower to learn to speak. And that we used signing. As a, as a way to support her with that. It, it, I suppose it came from from that way. And we just explained that that having Down syndrome might mean that she did struggle with certain things, but uh, they, they, just, they all just wanted her to sit on their knees and passed her around from, from person to person as well. Um, so it was really lovely to see that actually they kind of welcomed her into their environment, into their classrooms.
0: And what, in addition to the Makaton, do you do to integrate Down syndrome?
2: I have sent, so when, obviously it's Down Syndrome Awareness Month this month as well, and with Positive About Down Syndrome, they've been doing kind of packs and things. So I've I've contacted the school and given them some information there so that, obviously, at the moment, we can't go in. I mean, I've been into brownies as well, and, and we've talked about it with Maya's brownie group when she was at brownies. But even just kind of giving them information that they're able to use in assemblies and lessons and things like that as well. Um, just to help talk about, talk about Down syndrome. I think, I think the biggest thing is having met someone with Down syndrome and and that was why I wanted to kind of take Ava in to meet the students as well so that, that they could see that she was just like any other baby.
1: We always love talking to parents, uh, of, of children with Down syndrome, it's been particularly nice to talk to you. I mean, we get to talk, we're lucky that we get to talk to people from all over the world and kind of get an idea of of what our community is is thinking and what, how our community acts and reacts. And it's really been a pleasure talking to you. And we thank you for your work in the community. I thank you for your books, particularly Ava the Mermaid that we read and the ideas that we have in common.
0: And Stephen i will make sure to put a link to Ava the Mermaid in the in the notes so people know where to find it it is it's a delightful story I appreciate the subtlety of uh, just that she has an extra color in her tail and I think it's a it's a it's a great thing to just have for your kids to read because you're teaching about inclusion with just a neutral uh, introduction to hey we're we're all we all have an extra color in our tail. And that color means something different to everyone. As a society, we need to embrace those and we're better when we embrace those. I hope everybody gets a chance to read it and put it on their shelf to read to their kids and introduce inclusion as early as we can. It would be great if inclusion wasn't a thing. It was just how we were and lived as a society.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was why I wanted the book to be applicable to everyone, not just people with Down syndrome it was it. it is about general kindness and inclusion the fact that we we do we should appreciate that we are all different um but yes I wanted to kind of make sure that there were nods to Down syndrome within there because because it is Ava's book so I did make the the tail have three colors in rather than two colors. She's even got her heart surgery scar as well. Not everyone notices that one on there, but she does have a, a scar from her heart surgery. So yeah, there's, there's kind of little kind of subtle nods through, throughout the the story with that. But it is equally, it is kind of applicable to everybody in every situation.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Eleanor. Thank you for the book. And thank you for the conversation this morning. And uh, I, I, I do, I always... I always enjoy connecting with other uh, moms and families. And, and it's so uplifting to hear the changes that you're making and the steps that you're taking to change the conversation.
1: We thank you.
2: Oh, well, thank you for having me on to, to speak to as well. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod. And you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod or visit our website, ifwenewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then.